But anyway, we're so glad that you're here. And I guess I can put this down. Yeah, because you've got the thingy on. Me too. (laughs) We're so glad to be able to spend time with you guys tonight. And to know that we pray for you. We've been praying for you. Um, You are God's heart. I mean, we all are God's heart. But there's something about marriages, marriage, that I, I think we need to have a greater understanding of. Amen. That whether you realize it or not, whether it's a, a living reality or not, you are a, your marriage is a picture of God in the earth. That's right. I'm going to pray as we begin. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And I I thank you that we're doing this tonight, not because there was something else we needed to do as a church and let's just add something else. No, this was something that you placed on our hearts for us to to do a few men's meetings, women's meetings, and marriage meetings this year to cause your body to become stronger, to cause marriages to become stronger. Amen. Amen. Lord, we declare that no marriages in heritage of faith will be lost. That's right. I thank you that every marriage will fulfill its destiny (laughs) and the reason in which you have created it. Thank you, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I welcome you in this place. Thank you. Open our hearts. Yes, Lord. Open our ears. Open our eyes. Yes. And just illuminate any area of our lives where there might be darkness, things that might be covered up in any way, Lord, because... We want the fullness of all that you have for us. That's right. Not just in our individual lives, but as married couple. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for your presence here. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You say, I receive that. I receive that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, last time that we were here, I'm not going to go read everything, but just to sum up, back in February, it was February 9th, kind of the theme that we, things that we discussed was, we talked about was surrender. Mm -hmm. About surrendering to God, we talked about applying the word to our marriage, we talked about that seeking first is the foremost thing of anything that we're going to do if it's going to be successful. Talked about bringing the word to the forefront being intentional with the word. We talked about bringing worship, worshiping together as a practice because this creates absolute surrender, not just to yourself, but, but it's, it's hard for how I know that I might not be walking with God the way that I, might, I should be is when I recognize I'm operating in selfishness because I, I, when I draw closer to God, I become more selfless. Amen. That's just the, that's the very nature of being close to God that you, you are kind of like become John the Baptist, less of me and more of him. Amen. And, and as we, we put the word priority and we put worship as priority and we bring that into our home and we bring that into our marriage relationship, into our marriage bed and those types of things, what it causes us to become more not about us and how can I serve my wife? And then vice versa, where she's saying, hey, as I'm drawing closer to God, how can, how can I serve you? Amen. So good. 
Is there anything you want to say before I... No, surrender. It's, that's huge. Yeah. You know, while we were praying a week ago, um, Lord directed us to do something. I had a study at home that I very, very, very rarely used because I did most of my studying up here. And I would use it on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. Um, but there was something the Lord directed us to do to take my desk out and... And we got, <laughs> yeah, I came home and she goes, I sold your desk today. I was like, my desk? Yeah. Because <laughs> we had talked about. On Marketplace. With, on Marketplace. She saw me. She goes, yeah, someone's coming to get the desk someone's today. Someone's coming to get the desk. I need you to clean it out. And, and the chairs. <laughs> and so clean out your desk. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, remember we talked about this like a year and a half ago. But I had uh, to do something or it was never going to happen. Yeah, so, you I'm know. Like, I sold your desk. You got to clean it out. You know, I was just procrastinating a lot. And, and so, because, because the, 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 what we had in our heart was something that the God, Lord did in us when we were in South Africa. Yeah. And at the home we were staying in, there was this room that had these two ultimate, these chairs with ottomans right across from each other. Mm-hmm. And we were able to spend a lot of time reading and just talking with each other. Right. Because our lives are so busy, it was like we didn't, even though we're, we spend time with God, we have our own study times, it was like we didn't have necessarily a time where we could do it together. Or a place. Or a place. Yeah. And, um, and, so, and so anyway, she sold the desk. We ended up buying, you know, uh, chairs with ottomans. I bought chairs. She bought chairs, yeah. <laughs> I bought chairs. And she goes, oh, by the way, they're being delivered tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> I have never bought, Yeah. Anything like that, so, a piece of furniture without. Anyway, but it was anyway, it was good. But it's uh, been good. But it's been good. So <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you that story, except to say, last week, you know, we were sitting in our chairs, and I'm looking at her. She's looking at me, and she made a statement, and and this is what stuck out to me. She, Annette said something last week, and it and it hasn't left me, and she said, "I need you to win." She goes, Justin, I need you to win. And I thought about that. I was like, and I was like, Annette, I need you to win. Because if she wins, I win. That's right. If I win, she wins. Exactly. And it was just something that just went off on the inside of me that I was just like, wow. She needs me to win. You know, it's just something that's like encouraging that just just encouraged me in such a way. It was like, wow. It's just like, women, no, there's, there's a purpose in my life. There's something I'm called to do, and I don't have to do it alone. Amen. I need you to win. I want you to hear the Father's heart that he needs your spouse to win. Yeah. And you need your spouse to win. That's right. Now, as I start tonight... I'm, uh, let's, if you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 26. And uh, when the Lord <laughs> told me this, I was like, well, this has, what does this have to do with marriage? <laughs> marriage. Marriage. How many of y'all can't say marriage without today. saying marriage? Me. Marriage. <laughs> brings us together. To, you don't know what that is? That's Princess Diary. Um, no. Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Sorry. Princess, Princess Diary. Diary is That's the a other whole one. Other. That's the one with That's the a whole other one. <laughs> If you have a daughter, you know Princess Diaries. <laughs> Where are we at? Acts 26. Bless you. Thank you, Father. Verse 19. It says, Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. 
but declared first to those in Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout all of the region of Judea and to them and, and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God, do works befitting repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Now listen to this. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand. Amen. Now, when I first, the Lord took me here and I was like, because I want you to talk about the scripture in marriage. And I'm going, I'm reading it. I keep reading it. I keep reading it. I'm like, what in the world does this have to do with marriage? We're talking about the Apostle Paul and he's going to the Gentiles to preach the gospel. And I'm going, what? <laughs> what? And then the Holy Spirit spoke to this to me. He goes, don't you realize that your marriage is a heavenly vision? Amen. He goes, do you have a heavenly vision for your marriage? He does. Yeah. Amen. And, and, and he says this, he goes, therefore, having obtained help with God. That's it. What is the help with God all about? Fulfilling the heavenly vision. That's right. Whether you realize it or not, and you, what brought you together, or how you uh, how you came together, what uh, uh, divine appointments or things that you might have thought were accidents, you have to understand your marriage before God was a covenant, and therefore it is a heavenly vision. Yeah. God has a heavenly vision for your marriage. And the only way that you're going to fulfill the heavenly vision is with help from God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I say something? <laughs> yes. It's funny in the book, he talks about being on a talk show. Well, tell or them doing... what book if you're... Oh, the book that we're reading is Lifelong Love Affair by Jimmy Evans. And he, sa- he said he was coming on to do a podcast or do a, a radio show. And the lady said, oh, or a meeting about marriage. And she says to him, okay, before you go on, I just want you to know, don't talk about God. And he's like, what? I'm going to talk about marriage and not talk about God? Well, in the first sentence, he talks about God. So he didn't hear her. Cause he, and, and I love what he said. He said, to try to tell someone how to have a better marriage and not talk about God is like blindfolding someone, spinning them around and giving them an ax and saying, okay, here's the target, now throw it at it. No, he's, the, the ax is not going to make it to the target and someone's going to get hurt. There's all kinds of books out there and all kinds of marriage advice. But if it doesn't have God in it, if God's not the center of it, it's not going to work. Yeah, because marriage is God's vision. It is. It was his vision from the very beginning, from the foundation of the earth in the garden. Marriage was as hard because in this he says, Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand. I'm standing doing what? Now, listen, this, witnessing both to the small and the great. Mm-hmm. Meaning, whether, whether they're no ones or they're influential, whether they're kings or they're peasants. Yeah. I'm standing with God's help. I'm witnessing to the small and the great. Now, listen, this, saying no other thing than those things which the prophet and Moses said. That's it. Well, what did Moses say? <laughs> Tell us. Moses said, Genesis chapter 2. That a husband, uh, that, a, that, a, that a man shall leave his mother and father and join himself to a wife and the two would become one flesh. So even in this, and that's the Lord saying, yeah, marriage is even in this. Because Paul's saying, I'm going to speak to you and witness to you the things that Moses spoke. Because marriage is God's 
idea. Marriage is God's vision. And, and how can I say that? Why? Because, because God likens the church to marriage. That's right. He likens the church to marriage. He calls it a mystery. He goes, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. And if Jesus is the head of the church, then that means Jesus needs to be head of the house. It's a heavenly vision. We can only do it with the help of God. So marriage is heavenly vision. Thank you, Lord. That's good. That's so good. Go to First Peter. Well, you know, the heavenly vision. What in your heart on what you've been studying, because I mean we've been studying separately mm-hmm. and always believe that the Holy Spirit will take what he's spoken to her and what spoken to me and then we'll bring it together. But in your mind, what are you seeing as it pertains to this marriage relationship? Well, it's interesting because, I mean, it's in Genesis where God married a couple, right? It was right at the beginning. Um, I love that he says that it is not good for man to be alone. And everything else that he made was good, right? Every time he made something, he's like, that's good. And that's good. And I made this and then it was good and it was good. But when he saw man alone, that's the only time he said it's not good. Um, you know, it's just not good for man to be alone. He said, so I wrote down marriage is created by God. So without him, we're empty, confused, and and frustrated at best. Um, if you don't have God, if you don't have an understanding of what marriage is, then your foundation will be weak. If God is not first in your marriage, then your foundation is weak. And it's funny because I taught on Thursday morning, we talked about foundation or we talked about our faith not being shipwrecked. And the foundation of a boat, of course, is the hull. And I I looked at, you know, how do ships get wrecked? You know, how do they get shipwrecked? Well, because there's compromise to the hull of the boat. Something's happened. Whether it's just something small, I want you to know, after a while, that boat's going to go down. So you can say, oh, it's just this. We just have issues with this, or we just have financial problems, but we'll get over it. If you don't get a hold of it, I'm talking really get a hold of it with what God has to say about those things, then you're, you're headed for shipwrecking. It's the truth. Um, and I love that when he saw Adam and he said, it's not good for man to me, me alone. He took from his side, he put him to sleep, and he took from his side a rib and created her out of that. He didn't take something off of her, you know, from his head. And Jimmy Evans talks about so that she would rule over him or, you know, from his feet so that she would be trampled by him, but from his side so that she would walk beside him. Under his arms, so he would protect her and cover her always. Um, he saw exactly what he needed, and it said that, I wrote it down, because I thought that was so interesting. He, it says in Genesis 2.18, he calls her a helper, suitable and fitting and worthy. 
Now, if you think of this, anything else other than what God created for man, which is a woman, a woman, would be unfitting and right. unsuitable and unworthy. Does that make sense? Do y'all hear what I'm saying here? So he made someone, and it says, it's interesting that, that she was not created apart from him, but equal to him. In fact, when he created her or made her, he was completing something, <laughs> what he'd started. He was no, they were not complete without each other. I'm making someone who will be fitting, suitable, and worthy. And it wasn't Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. <laughs> okay? Right. Um, so I just, I love that. There was a completion in creation that was at the very beginning. Yeah, he said, let us make man in our image. Amen. Male and female. That's right. And understanding this picture of marriage, this heavenly vision. I wrote down three things today. Uh, when I was preparing, that marriage is a picture of three things. Number one, it's a picture of redemption. Yeah. When, when we got married, when you got married, you became a new creation. You became something that never existed before. It's not two lives living under one roof, but it's two people becoming something they've never been before. Right. We are a new creation. It's the same, and I told this story last time, it's the same thing. When you got born again, you became a new creation. You became one spirit with him. You became one with him. And it's the same thing. That's why he likens to Christ in the church. He likens the marriage to Christ in the church. Why? Because we are not two. We are one flesh. But too often, we still try to live separately. And that's not God's vision. It's a heavenly vision. And the vision is to be an example and a picture of who God is in the earth. It's a picture of redemption. Secondly, it's a picture of relationship and companionship, which is intimacy. The same intimacy that we're to have is the same intimacy that God desires to have. That's why he calls it cornania. That's why it calls to, to what is eternal life? To know, to know the one true living God in Jesus Christ whom he has sent. That's, so marriage is the picture of redemption it's a picture of relationship, and it's a picture of reproduction. That's the three things of what marriage in this heavenly vision that God has for marriage is this. It's a picture of redemption, it's a picture of relationship, and it's a picture of reproduction. And I'm not talking about just having babies. Right. I'm talking about when God sees marriage is not just being fruitful and multiplying as in having babies, right. but it's being fruitful and multiplying who God is in the earth. It's a multiplying his covenant in the earth. It's about living like God in the earth. I wrote this down. It's to carry on legacy of God in the earth. Mm -hmm. So when we are operating in heavenly vision, Mm -hmm. we are the greatest picture of redemption. We're the greatest picture of relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And we're the greatest picture of carrying on legacy. That's it. Making others like us that have a relationship with God. Yeah. That's why when you get born again, you became a new creation. And now you are one with him and you are now citizens of heaven. Thank you, Father. And you can come to him boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because now you're married to him. But not only that, he doesn't stop there, but he says, now go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now reproduce. That's it. 
So, so we have to understand how our relationship with God is to affect the world, but also know that your marriage should affect the, affect the world just like your, 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 your ministry it would be to the world. This is a ministry to the world. Does, does, can you see that tonight? It's, it's maybe a little different than you may have seen things before. Mm, wow. The marriage is a picture of God in the earth. That's so good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so First Peter yes. 3. Verse 1. Now, it says, Wives, likewise... Be submissive to your own husbands. Man, men love that. Yes, amen. Amen. But let's go to verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. Now, now before we go further, there's something we we need to really think about here because we can't pull things out of context. Amen. And it, it... because both those scriptures I just read have a lot of important things in there. But if I don't pay attention to one word, then I'm going to really miss the revelation that I need to receive tonight. And you'll just st- get stuck on, yeah, my wife needs to submit to me. Yeah. And, the, and the husband is, yeah, I just need my wife to, I, I just need, you know, the wife's saying, yeah, he just needs to honor me. Both are true. But there's an important word that we need to look at in both the verses I just read. And it's the word likewise. You see, it might be starting, verse 1 might be starting a new chapter. But what does he mean by wives likewise? We're in the the middle of a thought here. Wives likewise. In like manner. Wives likewise. Meaning in the same exact way. So that means I've got to go back and look what likewise is. So... Without breaking down this whole chapter, let's go back to chapter 2. I mean, it starts off talking about desiring the sincere milk of the word, which hopefully you've heard that scripture the last couple Sundays. Then it gets in talking about being a chosen people, a chosen generation, that we would show forth, right? We would show forth the praises of him, you know, and it it gets in and talks about some other things about laying in Zion a chief cornerstone, a firm foundation. But let's go to verse 11. He said, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Now listen to this. Having your conduct honorable yeah. among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they have observed glorify God in the day of visitation. Wow. Now, if, if we keep reading, if you look at uh, verses 13 to 17, he talks about submission to government. Mm-hmm. If you look at verses um, 18 through the end of the chapter, he's talking about s- submission to your masters. Mm-hmm. So all this is dealing with submission. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that, that's what this is all about. Because if we don't understand, if we, have, we look at the word likewise... Wives, likewise. Husbands, likewise. We have to understand everything's coming back to submission. Yeah. And it's not about the wife necessarily. It's, it, it's understanding 
what are we submitting to? And what is the purpose of our submission? Let's look at verse 11 again. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Right. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. Correct. Settle that. That means I don't do things like the rest of the world does things. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I wrote it. Then he goes in and says, having your conduct honorable. And then it says this, that by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So there's something while I'm going through this journey in the earth, there's something about this journey that we're on as a husband and wife, that my conduct, the way I live, is giving a picture to the rest of the world. Because see, that's why I want you, this is, this is about heavenly vision. This is God's heavenly vision. And we're walking through this earth as sojourners. This is not our home, right? So we're supposed to be making a difference. Exactly. So that's why it's having your conduct honorable. If you don't see a difference, guess whose fault it is. Yeah. And it talks of Jesus. And it says, consider him as an example. Right. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Yeah. See, this is part of, it's looking at the submission of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It says, for to this, verse 21 says, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Amen. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. What will destroy your marriage, your lives? What will destroy trust? Wrong actions, wrong choices. Deceit. So we, we have to understand what's going to tear down the heavenly vision. And there's ways, there's things that we could go through in this. Verse 20 says, who then he was reviled, did not revile in return. But he suffered. He did not threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously. He did not threaten, but committed himself to judge righteously. That means this is all found in the likewise. Wives, likewise. Meaning it's not about what your husband does. Come on. But it's how you respond. What did it say of Jesus? He did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Right. It's up to you to submit yourself to judge, who, judge him who judges righteously. Yeah. But also, husbands, likewise. See, this is the likewise. So we have to understand this is... referring to. Yeah, this, this, this is all about being the vision of God in the earth. And it's how this marriage relationship grows and succeeds that causes the world to be one to our lives. Amen. That's good. So good. Is there anything like no, that's so good. Keep going. There's something that Annette said the other, um, also that day when we were talking. And she ministered on Wednesday night. And But this is how I wrote it down. How my submission helps me hear from God. But also, my submission helps me to hear Annette. If I'm not submitted in a place of submission, then I'm not going to hear. 
if she's not at a place of submission, she's not going to hear me. I've been praying about submission and what it means and how to teach it. And that's just what the Lord said. I had to learn it before I could teach it. (laughs) So I'd been seeking him on it and just seeking him on what it actually meant or, you know, for now. Because I think God takes us from levels to levels as we're learning and growing. Um, I knew a level of submission. But, yeah, as we were talking and praying that morning, it just, the Holy Spirit just dropped it in my spirit. And I put, being submissive helps me to hear. It helps me to hear helps me to hear him, and it helps me to hear him if I stay in that place of submission. And, you know, Jesus did. He's my example. Jesus stayed submitted, you know. He said he only spoke what he heard the Father speak, and apparently while he was being, you know, condemned, while he was being beaten, he stayed submitted. Stayed submitted, you know. God, okay, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? So that's so, and, and for the reason that, again, from the very beginning, that we are an example of him. We are, this is an example of him. This is an example to the world of him. And we're called to multiply. We are called to reproduce, make others, you know, like us that know him, that love one another. Yeah. Let's go, go to verse 7 again. Right before I read that, just back in chapter 2, verse 12, he says, having your conduct honorable. That's the, that's the key to the rest of the chapter and into chapter 2 and chapter 3. Having your conduct honorable. What's going to cause us to have the heavenly vision being seen is my honor yeah. to her and her honor to me. Let's look at this in verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Now, in the King James, it says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them according to knowledge. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting, if you look at how it's written in the Greek, it actually means, this word knowledge means dwell with them. It's not just according to knowledge, but it actually means a higher knowledge. The Greek word for the word knowledge in the King James says, dwell with them according to knowledge, meaning it's not according to earthly understanding of marriage. good. Wow. But I'm needing to dwell with them according to what heaven sees. See, she has to live and, and honor me according to how God sees me. And I need to honor her in a way on how God sees her. It's a, it's a different knowledge. It's not a natural knowledge. It's not an earthly knowledge. Wow. It's not, it's not based on the knowledge of how we saw our parents treat each other. But it's no, God, how do I treat her? That's it. How do I treat her? Because if all I'm going to do is treat her like, uh, like, er- like everyone else in the world may treat their spouse, right. then the thing is, is I'm not hitting the mark of heavenly vision. Correct. I don't want to hit a natural mark of marriage. I want to hit the mark of what does God see in marriage. That's right. 
And here he says, dwell with them, live with them according to a higher knowledge. That's so good. Wow. Giving, giving. The word giving here in the, in the Greek says, separate yourself from the actions you're seeing. <laughs> the word giving here is to separate yourself from the actions you're seeing. See, this whole phrase here of dwell with them with understanding in giving. It's not just, okay, I'm going to dwell with them according to knowledge, yeah. okay, and giving honor to her. No, this is, this is, is so much bigger that, bigger that Peter is communicating here. He is saying, dwell with them on a higher knowledge. That's it. Amen. And, and, and separate yourself from the way you're seeing others give honor. And the word, the way you see other people giving... And you're giving honor. So meaning I need to give. I need to separate myself from how I'm seeing the world honor. And I need to now step into the, how God honors. That's good. I'm going to dwell with her on That's a greater so value system. So good. I'm going to dwell with her. I'm going to give her more attention than the way the, just a, a sinner would give. Their spouse. Give attention to their spouse. That's good. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying Peter is communicating to us is we have to live life on a whole nother level. Amen. Not comparing ourselves to the way the world does things or everyone else does things. Correct. But we need to hold ourselves to a greater vision of marriage. Amen. So good. Dwell with them according to um, knowledge. Mm-hmm. Giving honor. I'm going to see my wife higher than. I'm going to not treat her like others do, but I'm going to apportion a greater value to her. That's good. That's what that phrase Mm -hmm. means. And it says to the weaker vessel. This means not inferior to man, but weaker in frame. Correct. Now, listen to this. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together. That's it, heirs of grace. You see, as mm-hmm. she's doing the likewise, mm, and as so I'm doing the likewise, what are we doing? Now we are heirs together of the grace of life. That's so Meaning good. we operate in a greater level of favor. Hallelujah. Maybe, just for instance, maybe you haven't stepped into all the favor you could step in because there's not honor here. That's it. That's so good. Because if we're honor, if we're walking in honor towards each other, yeah. it says that we're honor, we're heirs together yeah. of the grace of life. Ooh. Wow! Wow! I like the next part too. <laughs> that your prayers may not be hindered. May not be hindered. There's, I mean, wow. Think about that. Come on. That not only are we operating yeah. in a greater level of favor, yeah. but also there's nothing that can keep our prayers from being answered. Hallelujah. Wow. One can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. That's it. Hallelujah. So now you see why the enemy so strongly opposes godly marriages. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
That's, that's the vision of marriage. That's the that's heavenly right. vision that's right. that we would operate on another level of honor. Thank you. Because as we do, we operate in greater favor and our prayers aren't hindered. I mean, we, we could keep going, but it says, he talked about having compassion one for another and loving one another. Amen. But this is what honor produces. Thank is you, Is there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah. I want to just share a couple of things from the book where he's, he talks about when you have that, um, just an understanding of that God brought you together, that God chose your spouse for you. Um, how he envisioned you as a couple long before you ever met. If you can think about that, isn't that cool? He, he writes down, he says, I imagine, you know, that God said, boy, Jimmy needs some serious help. I better send Karen over there really quick. That's his wife. <laughs> but the same thing is God knew exactly what she needed in a life partner as well. And... Karen was created, he says, with all the gifts, talents, and attributes that I needed in a wife. God had tasks that he needed us to accomplish during our days here on earth. Some children we needed to make, some goals he needed us to work towards. And these were goals that neither of us were equipped to accomplish on our own. You know, we needed each other. And this made me cry. He said, if I had seen Karen in the light, in that light, in God's light under this vision, when we first met, I never would have treated her with such disrespect during the early years of our marriage. I never would have taken her for granted. I would have loved her more and treated her better and been more patient, thoughtful, and tender. I would have listened when she had something to say and worked harder at meeting her needs. I would have cherished her, nurtured her, encouraged her, treasured her, and helped her become all that God intended her to be. If I could have seen our relationship from God's perspective, the way God wanted me to see it, the difference would have been staggering. I would have dedicated my life to becoming the husband she needed me to be. So it's important that we get God's vision. Amen. You know, this honor... Heirs together the grace of life. Their prayers aren't hindered. That's it. Before we close, I, there's just one other thing that was in my heart. Just the importance of honor and us operating in the heavenly vision of the way right. God sees marriage. That there's a familiar verse that back in the, I think, early... or. Because early 90s. 2000s, late 90s, yeah. early 2000s, of course, you know the prayer of Jabez, mm-hmm. right? And, and, it's, and it's a wonderful prayer, and, and it's, a pray, it's a prayer that we all would desire, that God would do for us. And it says, and Jabez called on God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed, and you would enlarge my territory, and that your hand would be with me. What a prayer. That's it. I think that, oh, that you would bless me indeed, you'd enlarge my territory, that's your influence, and that your hand would be upon me, and that you would keep me from evil, and that I may not, that, it, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. 
I mean, we don't know a whole lot about Jabez, but, but we know this, that he prayed this prayer and, and, and God heard his prayer and, and God said, I'm going to grant what he asked I me. Mean, I'm going to expand your territory. I'm going to give you greater influence. I'm going to, my hand is going to be on you. What an amazing thing that is. What caused God to all of a sudden to say, hey, I'm going to grant his prayer. You have to read everything in context. You have to start in verse 9. And it says this. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Mm. That's it. What was the key and what was the cause Mm -hmm. that caused favor to flow in his life? It was honor. That's right. You want God to expand your territory? You want God to, to his hand to continue to rest upon you? You want to continue to be and, and, and fulfill God's mandate upon your life? It's Thank honor. Lord. Thank you, Father. No, that's good. And so it's this honor. And so as I honor and she honors me, we become the heavenly vision that God has designed. And we are, we are a force in the earth. That's why the enemy does not want us to operate in the heavenly vision of marriage. Right. Because if we do, we're unstoppable. Right. We are unstoppable if we operate in the heavenly vision. And the only way to operate in the heavenly vision is by us honoring each other. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Eric, you want to help me out? Anyone else? Kermit, can you help me out here? Just have one. Pass these out. I think there's plenty. It's a little, it's a little, some action steps that we're going to do here. One way you show honor. Is there something to say while they're passing them out? Well, just being reminded, asking the Holy Spirit to ask, you know, asking the Holy Spirit, what is it about my husband that I needed? What is it about my wife that God saw that I needed in order for us to accomplish the purpose he has for us? Probably one of the saddest things I've ever seen is where two people are married and one is, you know, ministering somewhere else and another is ministering somewhere else and they have separate lives, you know, Ministry, nonetheless, but not together, you know, or going separate lives. They basically are just roommates. They come back and just, you know, sleep under the same roof. But that's not what God intended. He created their special, well, their special attributes that he saw that I, that I needed and vice versa. So this is our assignment. There's not a number one, in case you're looking for number one. <laughs> I just happened to notice that. I was like, it's two and three. It's two and three, you know. Yeah, getting here was number one. Thank you, Daniel. You so saved good. me there. Listening. And, so, and some, of, some of you with OCD are like, where's number one? Where's number one? I, I want to do everything just right. It's like, come on. It's like, did I, did I not get the first page? You know, it's like, I know Jennifer. Jennifer, that was Jennifer. She's like, man, I, we start with one, not two. So it's... <laughs> Sorry for the lack of excellence there. Because actually on mine, it says one in one. 
<laughs> it says one in one. So his has two ones. Because when I did it, it was on it was on the fourth page of my notes. So uh, so anyway, it's, it's, it's all good. It just figured I was on point point two, I guess. But God has an assignment upon our lives and tasks to accomplish. What are at least three features attributes your spouse has that helps complete you to accomplish the task or assignment God has given you? Y'all are going to write these down. We're going to give you time. And number two or three. Yeah, you can, you, yeah. You can write them down right. now. We you can do pens. your phone. We have pens. I do have a pen if you need a pen. Take several minutes to write. The, the second thing Pastor heard for us to do is take several minutes and write a prayer in the space below. You're going to write a prayer asking God to bless your spouse. This is not a time to complain to God or ask <laughs> to fix them. It's time. Please fix my spouse now. He needs to hear this way more than I do. Rather, it is a time to pray for God to pour out his grace on their life. Remember, no complaining, just blessing. Can we play some music? And you don't have to turn these in. Tonight. Tonight. Maybe tomorrow you have to turn them in. Can we play some music? Can we play some music? While they're doing that? Yeah. Because you don't want me to sing to you. No. Uh, Thank you, Father. Father. And when you're done, I'm going to tell you a story and then I'll, I'll share my features and attributes about me me esposa thank you father thank you Jesus I mean, if you're not sure what we mean by attributes or features, um, for instance, I wrote down for Annette that helps me complete the assignment of my life is her organization, her thoughtfulness of others, her ability to see things before they happen, her passion, and her understanding spirit. So those are some attributes and features that, that characteristics. Some of you are probably like, I didn't know we had to do anything tonight.
When it comes to the prayer, don't feel like it's got to be this super long thing. It's just something from your heart. Like two more minutes. If you don't get done the prayer thing, is something that you can do. You can do later.
we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and stop. What's that? No, you st- you still you still praying? <laughs> it's like man, I just I just, I just flowing. It's flowing. Okay, we'll give you a couple more minutes. Would you like to know how, while some people are still writing, would you like to know kind of how I, with the Lord, how the Lord told me Annette was my uh, future wife? Would you like to know that? She's like, what are you going to say? Some of you may heard the story, some of you may not heard the story, but there was, um, after I'd gone through the divorce, it was time after that, that I was praying and seeking the Lord, and I wasn't really, I was like, hey, if I'm going to be single, I'll be single, it's fine. I don't want to go through that again. Um, and uh, the Lord said, uh, told me, he says, I prepare for you an Abigail. And I'm like, an Abigail? I was going, Abigail? And, and I'm like, I won't say what my first thought was. It, was, it wasn't a good one. I said it before. You heard me say it before. Anyway. Go to the word. <laughs> if anyone's name's Abigail in here, don't don't take offense at this, okay? But because at the time I was like, I only knew one Abigail. This was years. This was a long time ago. I said, I, I, said, I only know one Abigail and she's ugly. <laughs> and I was like, he goes, no, go to, go to the go to the Word, and and I want you to I want you to I want to show you Abigail, and who I'm preparing for you. So I went to look at Abigail in the Bible, and some if you know her story or not, but her actually na- her name means um, short. One of the definitions for her name is short. And, but it says of her in the Bible, it says, and Abigail, and this is how it phrases it in the Bible, Abigail, who is beautiful in countenance and has an understanding spirit. And then the Lord said, I want you to start looking, I want you to look at kind of what did Abigail do? And so I go and I'm reading the story of Abigail. And if you know the story, she was married to a man that was named Nabal. And his name means one that dishonored and disgraced his family and his community. That's what his Nabal means. And yet, and yet because he turned David's men away, didn't, didn't make a way for them, didn't provide food for them and, and a place to stay, and he pretty much moved them. So they come back and they, they tell David, look, hey, Nabal did this. And David's like, I'm going to go kill him. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I'm the king. I'm the anointed king, and you, you didn't take care of you know, my, you know, my community. And yet, so, so Abigail hears about it. And Abigail cooks all this food. And he, and she goes and meets David in the way and, um, and prepares food and takes it to him and, and, and pleads for her husband's life. So here, Abigail honored a man that dishonored and disgraced his community. Honored him. She was honorable when she didn't have to be honorable. And, and so, so with that, and so not going into Annette's story, she did that. How she honored someone that was dishonorable. And yet took, took a lot of flack, took a lot of... Um, people thought she had a devil. People thought 
all sorts of things about her, but she never exposed his situation, his lifestyle, in the things that were going on. So, so when, when I got to know her, I realized this. And, and actually, it was about a month later, I was praying, I was at a worship service, and all of a sudden, I wasn't even thinking about Abigail. And then I'm, I'm worshiping God, and then I just, I just get a vision of her. And I'm like, what? And so I married Abigail. And so give you, you know, so for me, it's like when God brought us together, it was to bring to pass a heavenly vision. Amen. I'll read you the prayer that I prayed, that I wrote out. Father, I thank you for my wife. Annette has been and is a gift to me. I stand in the authority Jesus has given me, and I declare that any and all assignment over her, whether it's physical or emotional, they they are broken in Jesus' name. Lord, through the Holy Spirit, I ask you to reveal to her personally her calling, her significance in my life, and, and in ministry. In a ministry you've called her to. I declare you're sending things, good things right now to bless her. And she is experiencing supernatural and natural surprises every day because you favor her. You're bringing to pass in this now season every desire because I know, because I know and have seen she delights herself in you. So there's other prayers I've written, you know, for her or whatever. But but it's, it doesn't need to be super long, but it's just out of your heart. Why? Because... I'm, I'm shooting for a heavenly vision. Why? Because I need her to win. I need her to win, and she needs me to win. So these attributes that she has to help complete me, help me win. My attributes and her help, help complete her to cause us to win. But it's also our prayers and honoring one another that will cause us yeah. to win. And we have to keep in mind God's vision um, in the book, Jimmy Evans talks about a larger picture rather than a smaller picture. It's hard to, you know, to see the larger picture because we're constantly seeing the smaller. But what about this? Well, what about this? You know, what about how he never gets his socks into the hamper? You know, what about that? Uh, and and th- we can come up with all kinds of small things. And that's where the enemy wants to keep us is in that small vision, in that small you know, and, and if we stay there, it's a selfish place. We're constantly looking at what they're not doing because we need them to do it and they're not doing it or they're not doing it right or you might as well just do it yourself or, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, you're, you're in your vision. You're in the small, you know, rather than in what God is. And if we can get out of that place, that small place, you know, where we don't always have to speak our mind, we don't always have to be right because, again, if I win or if, if he loses and I win, then I lose. <laughs> if I win and he loses, I lose. And it's vice versa. If he wins and I lose, then he loses. So what good does it do to win the argument, really? You know? So we just don't. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and so I also know for us, we have to, you know, with her, there's things I know she experienced in previous relationships. And so for me, I know a big thing is making sure finances are taken care of and things that are secure. I don't want her to have to worry about finances. 
I don't want to have to worry about where the, where's the money go, where's the money coming from. I'll, I'll get three jobs if I need to. I, she, why? Because I cherish her. Mm-hmm. And if I'm refusing <laughs> to do certain things, then that, that's really me not honoring her. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is there's, there's a lot of practical things that we could bring out and we could go on and on. Right. But the point tonight is we need to see the heavenly vision fulfilled. Amen. Amen. Get a revelation of that. And, what we and that God created them just for you. You have to, you have to get that realization. That there, he, he knew <laughs> what like, he was doing, trust me. He saw you together before you saw, you know. That's, yeah. that's mind-blowing. Yeah. Like he knew exactly what you needed and when you needed it. Yeah. And what we share tonight isn't in the book. I mean, the, what she Not read anything. is, but what we dealt with tonight isn't. So no, if you're like, hey, can I get ghost. that book? That, that was totally I mean, just, in spirit. Just a couple of those things were. But um, let, me, let me pray over. Let's pray over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Hold your spouse's hand if your spouse is here. Mm-hmm. Father, I thank you for the heavenly vision that yes, you have Lord. for our marriages. Yes, Lord. Thank you, I thank Jesus. you for fulfillment in these marriages. Amen. I thank you for causing us to get your vision yes. and get your insight for our marriage. Cause me to see the significance and the gifts within my spouse. Yes, Lord. And Lord, cause them to see the significance and in the in gifts in, in, in you as well. Amen. I thank you that you're perfecting that which concerns us. Lord, you told us that if we would acknowledge you in all our ways, you would direct our path. So, Father, by being here tonight, yes. I thank you that we're acknowledging you in our marriage. And I thank you that that means you will direct our path as we continue to lean upon you. I declare fulfilled. I declare a, a, a personal vision over every heart for their marriage. Thank you, Father. I thank you for operating and being big on the inside of each one of them being big in the inside of their homes i thank you for for the uh for the glory of god thank you father for just you manifesting your glory through their lives and i thank you lord that they are heirs together of the grace of life i thank you father that their prayers prayers are not hindered i thank you they will be just like um they will be just like jabez because they are honoring each other and they are this heavenly vision I thank you, Lord, that, that they God. will operate in greater favor. They will operate and, and expand their influence and yes. their territory. Yes. And I thank you that you will be big in and through their lives and in their families. That's right. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Do you receive something tonight? Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We love you. What's that? You can you can switch it with your spouse and yeah. let them let them read it, uh, or wait till you get home. Or Aww. if you haven't written anything yet, um, I would uh, write something. You, you better uh, please write something. You got homework. It's like, is it Lucy? You got some explaining to do. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy, uh, oh, Lord. we love you and believe in each one of you. Excited about. Where you are, so glad that you're part of our our vision. Amen. You're part of our lives, and we're a part of your heavenly vision. Amen. Isn't that amazing that we're a part of each other's heavenly vision? That's it. I mean, God's heavenly vision for us. Amen. Glory to God. That's extraordinary to me. 
Amen. Well, Annette and I are going to go to go to Rosas. If you'd like to join us, you can meet us over there. It's, it's not a necessarily a planned church event, but we're going to. Yes, yeah, she. I wish they had churros. Yeah, churros. I'm going to tell them tonight. The oh, one, yeah. the one on the card is probably the closest to us. So, anyway, go give him Jesus.